Aleluia. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We are blessed, Lord, to be at your church tonight, Friday Night Live, Lord. Lord, we give you thanks tonight. Thanksgiving for all that you've done, Lord, all that you're doing and all that you're going to do, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, for your grace, Father. Your grace, Father. We have been saved through grace, and we thank you for that, Father God. Father God, we thank you for forgiveness, Father God, that we have been forgiven. Your son, Jesus, died on the cross so that our sins would be forgiven, Lord God. And we thank you for that, Father God. We appreciate all that we are receiving, Father God, under you, under you, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for all the gifts that we receive from you, Father God. Your spirit that lives in us, Father God. Your wisdom, Father God, you've given us your wisdom. And if we don't have wisdom, Father God, you say that we can ask for it. And we will not be rebuked, Father God, for asking. Father God, thank you for all that you're doing, Father God, in our lives. Thank you for your peace, Lord God, that surpasses all understanding, Father. We thank you for that, Father God. Lord God, we thank you for the speaker tonight, Lord God. We pray for the speaker, Father God, that he will give a word, that he will give a word that we could use, Father God, in our daily lives, in our walk, Father God. But, Father God, the word says that we shouldn't just listen, Father God. We should just listen to hear the word, but we should do what the word says, Father God. Then we will be blessed, Father God. Father God, you have given us everything that we need, Lord God, to live a holy and, and, and righteous life, Father God. Father God, we thank you for all those that are present here tonight, Father God. And Lord God, we thank you for those that are not here and those that are online, Father God. We ask you to put the same grace over all of them as you put over us here tonight, Father God. We've been called here by for your purpose, Father God. That's why we're here. For you purpose us to be here. Uh, we give you honor, Lord God. We give you glory. And we give you praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. God bless you, CCF. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless those that are going to be watching in social media. Welcome to Friday Night Live. Amen, hallelujah. Let us prepare our hearts to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen, hallelujah. We just thank you, Father, because after a whole week, oh Lord, Father God, of trials and testings and and, and sicknesses and whatever we went through, my Lord. You, Lord, have brought us up to here, my God. And you continue to, Lord, Father God, lead us and guide us, oh, Lord, Father God, to, Lord, Father God, the promised land, oh, God, giving us strength, oh, Lord, and joy, my God, in the midst of it all. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Holy Spirit, you are welcome, you are welcome, you are welcome.
I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love where my heart becomes free and my shame, my shame is undone your presence Lord oh, Holy Spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the atmosphere your glory God is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence Lord of Holy Spirit you are honored here come flood this place and fill the atmosphere Love
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, there are two or three gathered in the midst of the Lord is there. Oh, hallelujah. If you know God has been good to you, oh, hallelujah. Just give him a shout of praise. Thank him because you are here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And how many know that in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy, every fear, every tear, Every worry is wiped away, amen? Yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And all of our gains, because it's not about what we do, amen? It's because of his grace, hallelujah. It's why we're here. And every crown that we supposedly get is not ours, it's his, amen? amen. Here in your presence. And you can sing along with me, amen?
become one. Let us become one with you, Jesus. Here in your presence, all things are new. The old has passed. Everything is new. Here in your presence, hallelujah. Everything bows before you, King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Here in your presence, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Here in your presence, oh God, we are undone. We are undone, Father. We are transparent in your presence. Everything becomes new. Heaven and earth becomes one. And we become one with you as you are with the Father here in your presence. We bow before you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Hi everybody, how you doing? I'm Hope everybody's good. Amen. You know it's a Friday when you see Tony's sexy legs out, amen. <laughs> that has nothing to do with God, it was personal personal preference. I like the shorts, the jorts. God is good. Did he just pose? Did I miss it? <laughs> God is good, amen. Um, we're just going to do a quick little offering, um, not the major. However, it is major when you give to God. Um, you know, there's many seasons when you're walking with God. And uh, I can literally say that I've, I'm in a season, you know. But um, every single time you're in a season or in a situation, I believe that God, like, shows up, you know. He shows up in, in many different Ways and, and one of the ways that God has been showing up for me this season uh, has been Jehovah Jireh. So I, I, looked, I looked it up and I started going crazy trying to find different things about Jehovah Jireh. And basically, just to like the simple terms, is the Lord will see to it. Amen? And, and then this has dot, dot, dot. So you can think about it a little bit. Sailor moment. You know, and then and then it says he will provide. But one of the things that I that I loved about that definition was that the Lord will see to it. You know, I'm in like a customer field um, position, and, and I know all about customer service. And you know, parents come to my job and they ask me, and they go, um, Medina, I need this. Medina, I did that. And then I go, No problem. I will see to it. And then I handle whatever situation I have to handle for that parent with care. So I found it funny when I saw this definition um, and how I saw God literally handling all the situations that I've been going through and that we've been experiencing with care, saying the Lord will, will see to it, meaning that he's putting you as priority. He's putting you as, as number one, and he's going to see to it that he's going to give you the strength that he's going to give you you know the, the finances he's going to give you you know the breakthroughs that you've been asking for and that he will provide now the thing about the provide is that it's one word but it has many meanings right so provide what provide the health provide the peace 
provide the breakthrough, provide for the mountain to be moved, you know, provide that he will make a way where there is no way, uh, provide the strategy, provide the strength, provide the, the, the idea to create something. So when I look at just the definition of what Jehovah Jireh means, though it's just a word, but the meaning of it is so much bigger. Amen? That the Lord will take time, you know, out of all that he's doing and say, I will see to it. Amen? When, when you go to, to a restaurant and you ask them how you want your steak and you tell them, you know, I want it well done. They, they turn around and they look at, I will see to, to it that I'll make sure your steak is well done. And, and the Bible says that if, if you don't ask, you don't receive. So, so when I think about how God has been providing for me in this season, it's because I've been asking. And I've been, and I've been wanting him to see to my problems. And I've been expecting that he would provide for me. Hallelujah. So as we give today, give with understanding that God is going to see to your problem. He's going to see to your situation. First of all, he knows all that you need before you even ask of it. Amen. But he also wants to hear you. And th there's something that happens in the atmosphere when you give with a demand, when you give with an expectation, amen? So I encourage all of us as we give or as, you know, as, as the Lord, you know, speaks to you in your heart, whatever he's speaking to you right now, that when you give, you give with an expectation of saying, God, I believe that as I'm transferring this substance to you, this finance, this quarter, this dollar, this $20 bill, this $5 bill, whatever, that I'm expecting that you see to my problem, amen? That you see to it. Psalms 37, 25 says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed, his children, begging for bread, amen? And I look at everything that's going on right now, and I'm, I'm not seeing my children begging for anything, amen? I'm not, I'm not seeing any lack. What I'm seeing is Jehovah Jireh seeing to the situations and providing exactly what I need. And then the good part about this season is that I'm not only seeing it with my hands, other people are witnessing it as well, amen? And, and not only are they witnessing it, God is saying, I'm not only going to give you what you need, but I'm going to add an overflow to it, amen? So I, I just pray that, that you guys receive this because I believe that there, there is a shift in, an atmosphere, in the atmosphere. And, and, and right now, I believe that God is challenging us to, to really go deeper in, in how we're, we're, we're looking to walk this thing out. Amen? And how we're going to be giving. And this should be a season that if you have much, give much. If you have less, give more. Amen? And find a way to do it. Because he will never have you or your children begging for bread. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. If you guys could just rise up real quick. We're going to pray. I have a lot more to say, but I got to talk on Sunday, so I'm not trying to give out all my material right now. <laughs> this is a to be continued on Sunday. Amen? Oh, because I'm going to come at Pastor Mingo. I didn't forget that. <laughs>
No, I'm just joking. I just, you know, I'm glad to be here. It's, it feels good. Um, let's, let's lift up our hearts, our, our offering, our, our tithe, if that's what you have, and let's just bring it before the Lord. Amen. God, right now, as, as we get ready to give, this is a, a form of worship. This is our way of worshiping you, another way of worshiping you, God, with, a, with an offering, God, and, and for some of us, even a sacrifice, God. I pray that, Lord, as, as we give unto you, God, that, that you will be that Jehovah Jireh in our life, God, in our journeys, Lord, that you will not only see to our situation, but, Lord, you will provide, Lord, in our midst, God, and that not only that we can be blessed, but that we can also bless others while we're being blessed, Lord, in this season. So, Lord, we call forth Jehovah Jireh, not only over our lives, but over, over the church, over Calvary, God, that there will be a seat to it anointing, God, in this season, a, a, a season that you will provide, God that we may be a blessing not only to the church here locally, but also globally, God. Come on, expand this thing, Lord. The Bible says we have not because we ask not, God. So now we're asking, Lord, and we're asking you to, to come into our life, come into our journey, and, and, and fix our eyes to focus not on the situation, but to focus on you, Lord. So I pray that we may have 2020 vision for you, God. And that we've been for, for, for stop focusing on, 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 what's, on what's in front of us, but focus about what you can do in the midst of the problem, in the midst of the situation, God. So as we give today, let it land, let it fall on fertile ground, Lord, that you may multiply it, God, and multiply it, God, and multiply it, God, because you're not a God of subtraction, God. You are a God of multiplying and adding, Lord, and, 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 and taking one small thing and making it so much bigger, God. God. The Bible says that we, we, we can't even ask, think, or imagine to, to all that you can do for us, God. So I, I pray for the overflow season in each and every one of our lives, Lord. And I thank you, Father, and I worship you, and I praise you in advance before somebody's breakthrough, God. I praise you in advance before you even show up because I know you're going to show up in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. You are Abba. Lord, you are Father, you are Elohim, God. And I pray for shalom over the people, Lord. For peace over the people, God. In this season. Amen and amen. As the ushers leave. Hallelujah. Let the redeem of the Lord, how many are redeemed? Amen. I say so.
I sound like the Coco Chitty Mango guy, right? I'm just making sure you guys aren't sleeping, all right? We're not sleeping. This is Friday Night Live, so we got to keep it live, all right? And, 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 and I, I believe the energy is reciprocal, so I want you to receive my energy, all right? I'm hype right now. Not only am I hype, but I get to introduce the speaker today. And, um, you know, it's become like a, a, a habit of mine, really, just to do anything I can to get under his skin. It doesn't really work a lot, but I am... I feel like I'm, there's some breakthrough here. He has jeans on, people. He has jeans on. He has Calvin Klein socks with stripes on it, amen? Some black leather shoes and a V-neck shirt with a button up. But you know, one of the smoothest guys I know, super sharp, can't wait for that to turn into Jordans. <laughs> no, it is Calvin Klein, I peeped everything. As soon as I got up here, just gotta peep the swag, amen? But he's a swaggy guy. But on top of being, you know, very fashionable, he's also very deep in the Word of God. And, you know, I truly respect this man. Uh, you know, he, he's an awesome person, and he's one of the reasons why my brother saved today. Amen? So, so I appreciate you, and um, I can't wait to hear what God is doing uh, and then through you and what God, you know, what word God gave you for today. Um, I, I know I need to hear something right now. Amen? So I'm putting some pressure on you. <laughs> Amen. All right. So we need to squeeze the anointing out of him today. Amen. Without any further ado, I want to introduce Pastor Mingo uh, to bring the word today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm, I'm glad you said that. He said my brother. And that's, and that's so true. So what's interesting is that um, I had a word and uh, God switched up on me. So, 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 so I get to take this and put it back over here. So, so he said he, he's excited to see what God's going to do. I said, so am I. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that God knows what we need when we need it? Amen. And um, we've been in this theme 
It's, it's kind of like Elder Ross's wheelhouse, faith, right? And so, and so pastors been preaching on faith in a changing world. And, and on Friday nights, you've been talking about renewing the mind and faith. And uh, I was kind of putting the two together. And I had some, something that God was working on. And then he just switched up. And it might be, uh, you know, it might be because of Sister Cruz. She kept on praising God and didn't let people go yet until, until she, they got the breakthrough. And so, and so with her praising God and just moving the atmosphere to a certain level, God begins to release things differently. See, praise shifts the atmosphere. Worship shifts the atmosphere. And she felt, and she felt something and she said, come on, people, come on, talk back to me. And I understand that. And so... Without further ado, let's jump into the word. If you have your word, let's go into Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. It will be a familiar scripture, but I pray that it's a revelation. Come on, somebody. I said it will be a familiar scripture for many, but I pray that it is a revelation. I thank God for, once again, being in the house of God on a Friday night. And so I, 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 that's why I didn't bring my suit tonight, because it's Friday night. Don't think for a moment that you had anything to do with it, okay? All right? So I won't give you that much credit. But watch this. Where's your bow tie on Sunday? We're going to see. We're going to see. See, I'm not scared of you. I'm not scared of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rabakasunda. Let's go see what the word says in Luke chapter 8, beginning at verse 40. I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, so it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Someone say expectation. And behold, there was a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him, to come to his house for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age and she was dying but as he went the multitude thronged him now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border or the hem of his garment. And immediately, her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you. And you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. So in other words, she divulged her situation in the presence of a ruler of the synagogue 
who recognizes the law is that if you have an issue of blood, don't be out amongst the people. So she has a leader, a ruler of the synagogue and Jesus. But she went against tradition of the synagogue to get to the God who made her. Come on, somebody. Can we go a little bit further? Hallelujah. And he said to a daughter, now that you cannot take lightly. He said, daughter. See, something about that word, daughter, identifies relationship. Because if you ever study the word of God, whenever someone is healed, they're also forgiven of their sin. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm trying to go somewhere tonight. See, healing is, 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 is also a representation internally of what's happening physically. But when you get healed, there's also a deliverance spiritually from your past. So she was able to receive because Jesus, who know all, asks a question knowing the answer to see if she came out of her obscurity in the presence. He said, if I confess, if you confess me before men, oh, come on, somebody. I feel a spirit in here. I'll declare you before my father. So when Jesus said daughter, it wasn't Jesus, the Savior, who spoke. It was God the Father who spoke. Oh, my God. Come on, somebody. Because God the Father can only call us daughter. Woo! You get anything yet for Sunday? No, I'm only messing with you, man. Come on. <laughs> While he was speaking, I'm sorry, he said, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well or whole. Go in peace. And while he was speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble, watch this, the teacher. Of course, why would you trouble the teacher? If someone's dead, they can't be taught. So there's no reason to trouble the teacher, which suggests then that the person who traveled from the synagogue's, the ruler's house of the synagogue, didn't have the revelation of who Jesus was because they recognized him as teacher and said, forget about talking to the teacher about your daughter who's dead. Uh -oh. see, see, if you went over to John chapter 11, when, when Lazarus was dead, Mary came and Martha came and said, had you been here, he would have lived. So in other words, they recognize him as more than a teacher. But this person shows up. Have you ever had someone show up, talk about your situation and tell you forget about it because they don't have the revelation of God that you do in your situation? Come on, somebody. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him. 
saying, do not be afraid, only believe, and she will be made well. When he came into the house, he permitted no one else to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, do not weep, she's not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. They ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside. Someone got to get that revelation tonight. Some people, you just got to put outside your business. Some people, you have to say, listen, I appreciate you. I appreciate your information, your observation. I'm just going to walk you to the door right here. You know, Brenda, go ahead, get his coat. Michaela, come on, get his shoes. Uh, listen, have a good day. Okay? Just... Because you got to get the whole family in on this. He brought the mother and the father in and said, everyone else, leave. And they ridiculed. Hallelujah. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called her, little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately, and her commander, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. So not only did he have them leave, but he said, listen, don't tell them what happened. Sometimes they want to get with you after you come in to the other side and you might be anxious to tell some of your testimony, but some people are not worthy of your testimony. Do you realize that if you give the wrong person your testimony, that they can begin to change your thinking to shrink back? So everybody can get what you got to give. You must be selective in your testimony given. Jesus always knew his target audience. Someone say, take inventory. There you go, take inventory. And so if I were going to title this, I don't think God changed the title of the message even though he changed what I was going to share. So faith, a discipline, a decision, a choice. Faith, a discipline, a decision, a choice. I don't think it's by accident that Jairus' daughter was 12 years old and the scriptures reveal that and the woman with the issue of blood was 12 years old, I mean 12 years in this issue. And both lives are on the line. 
I think God wants to show us something. And one of the things I discovered as I was looking at this is that the woman with the issue of blood operated in faith when Jesus showed up. Now, faith is pistis, which means conviction. Conviction of truth of God's word. And what's interesting to me is that it took 12 years for her faith to grow to a point whereby she exhausted all of her options. She had to be wealthy to spend her substance for 12 years on physicians. And for 12 years, she had to be in isolation. See, if you understand Levitical law, if you understand the scriptures in Leviticus, where it puts the guidelines of how a woman is in her cycle and how she was required to conduct and interact, she had to stay away from everyone until her cycle ended and then another seven days to represent cleanliness. No one could touch her. No one could touch anything she touched. As a matter of fact, if, if as a woman you're operating in business and you travel internationally, watch this, and you go to certain countries where they have very strict orthodox customs, and you're in a business setting and they are giving out business cards, if you have a business card to give a counterpart that's a male, you don't hand it to them from your hand. You take it out, and as you take it out, you put it on the table and you slide it across, and you release your hand. Only then will they pick it up, because they don't know if you're in your cycle. This is still how business internationally is conducted today. Which lets you know that even the word of God has different disciplines that function in different countries today. So, back then, if she was in her cycle, she could not be around anyone until 12, seven days after the cycle completed. But she kept on going to physicians. She spent all that she had. She tried her substance. Watch this. 
before she tried her faith. See, faith brings you to different levels. And I'm here to tell you, brother, you said you're walking through a season. The season is not necessarily about loss. The season is about gain. God doesn't bring you to a season to be overcome and conquered. God brings you to a season to flourish and overcome. So as we walk through seasons and we don't see it from the perspective of the word of God, we don't have to piece this. We don't have to conviction. So what is conviction? Conviction is a knowing without a shadow of a doubt that this is. Now, if you want to study out Genesis chapter Two, God tells you this. He says to Adam, he says, listen, he puts him in the garden and he says, uh, now you can partake of the trees in the garden. But the tree that is in the midst of the garden, you shall not eat of it. For in a day you eat of it, you'll surely die. When Adam goes into Genesis chapter 3, he's given a word that counteracts God's word. And he moves his conviction away from God and his word to what his wife said when she thought it was good for food. And he sees the function of that. So even in the garden, faith was necessary. So I began to ask a question, brother. I said, where does faith begin? Where does faith begin? begin. So in, in Romans chapter 12, turn there with me real quick. Trying to go here real quick. I'm not going to be with you long today. It says, Romans chapter 12 verse 1, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. The woman used her substance for 12 years until she decided to be not conformed to this world. She used her substance and sometimes you got to get to the end of your end before you begin to go into your beginning. Oh, my God. I mean, let me sit over here because he's still, his head is spinning. You ever see stuff? He, sometimes you got to go to the end of your end before you can get to your beginning. Let me say it again because, you know, you kind of Sometimes you have to go to the end before you can get to the beginning. You see, I think I shared this before, but I know some people online, and they may have heard this before. We talk about supernatural. Right? Supernatural. Well, the supernatural only happens when you go beyond your natural. You don't get to the supernatural until you decide, one, to use all your natural or not trust in your natural. 
In other words, sometimes you got to lose the natural substance to walk into your divine authority. But if you're mature, you won't trust in the natural, even though you have you like, God, what do you want me to do? And he said, don't trust in the natural. I got something better for you. See, that's how you know a mature saint has gone through some tests and some trials because, come on, I said this before. Elder Ross went in the car, come on, unemployed and out the car victorious. He went in there. He's like, okay, hey, come on. Your man missed him, but the man was released from a position and he went in the car. But when he got in the car, he remembered who got the car for him. Then he said, I better call my wife, but remember who pays the bills for the cell phone when it wasn't his wife. And then he said, you know, uh, uh, my wife knows me and I know my wife, so really, what's she going to say to me? The same thing I'm going to say to her. Let me get a head start before I tell my wife. And by the time he got out the car, he knew whether it was individually sent to him at that moment in time or not, that he's walking into a difference. He came to the end to go to the beginning. See, here's what happened back in Genesis chapter 3. When they ate of the garden the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It was the first introduction of cancer in the world. A cancer is something in your body that operates contrary to its design. And when they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, Darkness went into what was already light and began to cloud the light with darkness. And if you know anything about cancer, they say sometimes it metastasizes, which means it spreads through the whole body. And what happened was darkness metastasized. See, 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 sin and, 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 and uh, darkness and, 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 and the tree of knowledge of good and evil metastasized in Adam, and therefore he began to operate and function differently. He malfunctioned. And God had to come back down here and let him function again. So God already put a plan in motion. But then he put Romans chapter 12 Verses 1 through 3 here says, be not conformed to this world. Why? Because if you conform to this world, you're operating with the knowledge of good and evil. You see that? But be ye transformed. How? By renewing your mind and evicting the knowledge of good and evil. Because all knowledge is not designed for us. Only God can possess the knowledge of good and evil and not be corrupted by it. That's why he tells us in Hosea, he says, my people perish what? What? He's using the wrong words. He, 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 lack of 
Yeah, I know. He's not operating. He, 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 he's not mad. He, he's not mad. He, see, see, he's an amplifier. <laughs> no, no, no. He's right. He's right. But think about this. If we perish for lack of knowledge, but we have knowledge of good and evil, then why are we perishing? Because we possess a knowledge we're not called to possess. And the knowledge that we possess is corrupting us from possessing what we're called to possess, which is the knowledge of God. And we can't function in faith without the knowledge of God, which is why God or Jesus had to remove people out of the house of Jairus because they were operating with the knowledge of good and evil. And he only wanted the people inside that house that the knowledge of God's word. Because I don't want someone praying with me if they're coming from the position of knowledge of good and evil because you and I are light and darkness and there is no communion with light and darkness. So when I say something that's light, you look at me like I'm crazy, but you keep on talking darkness and you're the one going through the situation and I'm trying to help you out the situation by telling you you can't deal with darkness with darkness. You can only deal with darkness with light. You're walking around like this saying, I got it, I got it. Don't cook for me if you're going to be in darkness. That exactly, see? That's what I'm talking about. See, he and I, that was King James. That right there was King James. <laughs> and so what happens is, watch this. We can operate in faith if we're not connected to the right knowledge. But we can operate in conviction of a lie. Let me, let, let, let me say it this way. Watch it. Let me first finish this. For I say to you, verse 3, through the grace given unto me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself, all, um, uh, himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to every man or each one a measure of faith. So I said, where does faith begin? When you got here, when you were shaped in your mother's womb, God not just put your head and your shoulders and your arms and your legs, but he put inside you faith. And he knew just the right amount of faith you needed, Nate, to get started on your journey. And he said, if you start using the measure I give you, which is different from the measure that I give you, and you just exercise your measure, you will begin to see growth. But if as believers we spend more time in the substance of this world and we're not using our faith to grow, then we're losing the ability to operate without divine authority. Now, what I think about is this. Consider the fact that Jairus was a ruler of the synagogue, but the people in his house that he left with his daughter didn't have enough faith to see her through. Which means you can go to the synagogue and still don't have. Could it be that everybody that comes to church has not ascertained the measure that God gave them. And when you walk in your measure, they call you arrogant versus knowing who you are. 
see the woman after that conversation. But that event was so significant that out of all the things that they wrote about what Jesus did in John chapter 21 says there's so many things he did that we don't have enough books to write it in. That's what it says in John chapter 21. They put that brother in the book. Which means God wants enough of us to see the measure of faith we're called to walk in. If y'all see Brother Nate right now, man, stuff is, ooh, he, he's, he's percolating right now, man. He got all the stove going on. He didn't, listen, boy, Sunday's going to be good. Sunday's going to be good. Woo! You see, he got this intense look. Well, one was like this, and he's like. <laughs> Woo! So this is what God has given us. He's given us a measure of faith. What are you doing with the measure you're given? It's a simple question. Now that we know that faith didn't begin with you, it was always there, present, and God gave it to you. See, God gives you faith, so God gives you faith, where, which means faith comes from God. So faith begins with God. And then it gives you faith and says, now, unless, unless it's impossible to please God without faith, which means that we can try to have our interaction with God even as a believer and yet not exercise faith. Could I tell you what's been going on with me lately? I, I, the way I operate today is a level, and I'm not saying that I've arrived. I'm saying I've been through. It's a big difference. I haven't arrived, but I've been through so much that God has brought me through consistently, consistently. Never once has he failed me that I'm just kind of elder. I'm just like, I know that's what it looks like, but I'm just going to believe God. That doesn't mean I know how it's going to happen. I just know God is going to happen. And that's how we're called to live. And when we function and operate like that, man, Apostle said something. He talked about getting your prophetic calling, finding out from God what God has for you. And we all have a calling. We all have something that God planted in us when he planted us in the earth so that when we're allowed to be broken, the fragrance of that calling begins to proliferate in the atmosphere. It's a fragrance that lets off when you begin to become broken with God. There's an aroma, there's a perfume, and when she got to the hem of his garment and she touched, Jesus stopped on the way to raising someone from the dead and stopped around everybody to say, who touched me? Said power went out of me. Virtue. But here's what blows my mind. He said the measure of faith that God gave you healed you. He didn't say my faith made you whole. He said your faith made you whole. Do you realize tonight 
that each one of you are sitting in here with your own faith. And you'll say, well, Pastor Mingo, how come this happens for some and doesn't happen for others? I'm not going to, to tell you that I know every detail. Listen, all of us are appointed once to die. That doesn't mean that we all are going to leave here the same way or the same age. Or That doesn't mean that. It just means that we're walking this temporary road until we get to our eternal destination. I heard something on the news, uh, not on the news, I was, I, I was on a, a Christian station, and, and I heard something on the station, a preacher was preaching, and he talked about the game Monopoly. <clears throat> and, he, and, and I was with my daughter this morning, <clears throat> dropping her off, excuse me, and he talked, is this mine? Okay. You sure it's not yours? Yeah? You got a new one? You trying to give me your anointing. I saw that, I saw that, man. <laughs> And so, and so he, um, he began to talk about Monopoly. Anyone ever play Monopoly? He said, Monopoly in my house was no joke. You know how to play Monopoly? Oh, here we go. Brenda, I know that. I, listen, that just means that you win, he loses, and he can't handle that. So the way to process that in his mind is to say, you cheated. No talking in class. <laughs> but he said, he, Elder, he's, he said, man, when it comes to Monopoly, he said, I'm a barracuda, man. I, I, he said, the first thing that I spot out, boardwalk and park place. And, and he said, I go for it. And he says, then I begin to do development. I put houses on it. And then after I put houses, I, I expand the territory and I get my zoning license and I move from houses to hotels. And then he began to share this. He, he, said, he said, what I love about this is that I don't give loans out. You know how you go, he, he's what type of one you go, come on, Brenda, let me go buy this one time and I'll pay you later. Isn't he that, that type? Yeah, I fear as much. That's cheating. That's cheating, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking to you tonight. That ain't fair. I'm not talking to you. So, 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 so I'm the same way. Listen, you land on my property, pay up. But all I got, I don't care. Mortgage the house. But then I'm going to be out the game. And? And? Mortgage your property to pay me my due. Turn around, we're still in class, man. <laughs> and so what happens you can get me back on Sunday I got five minutes left and then what happens is that, is that he said at the end of the at the end of the game he usually wins because he, he's no nonsense he said but something's interesting he said at the end of the game his mindset changes because he closed up the board you put it away, you put the pieces away, and the game's over. Saints of God, we walk around in this lifetime like we're playing Monopoly. But at some point, we all got to close the board up, put our pieces back, 
because game over. And the question becomes, what are you doing with your faith to generate eternal equity with God so that you get a return on your investment? When God tells you to do something and you say, I want to, like Adam did, but the person you gave me gave me an alternative. If the alternative is not God's alternative, it's not an alternative at all. See, faith is about being convicted enough in God's word that even though situations come, that you're at a level in your life where like, listen, I already know I'm coming out victorious. I don't know how. I just know I'm coming out. I can't rationalize that. And again, the key is Jairus' household had to be swept clean with everybody who cannot walk alongside you because they're not ready to handle the season that God put you in. That God allowed you to come in. That God said, I'm ready to, for you to walk in this season. you got to learn to take inventory of your relationships so that you know who is with you and who's against you. And conviction in God's word says that if it's me and God against the world, we're already victorious. Saints of God, rise on your feet. I'm, I'm done. I just wanted to get, stop by and tell you that, that this, this word of faith that apostles been preaching, the word of faith that has been coming here on Friday nights, yes, it's about renewing your mind and letting your mind be set on the things of God. And we were all shifted when Adam partook of that forbidden fruit and that fruit put something in us that's cancerous to the word of God. And every one of us have that cancer of darkness. But I want you to know that when we begin to identify with God, it doesn't matter where the darkness is in you, God's light will break forth like the noonday and cause that darkness to be disrupted. And he walks us through seasons and seasons and seasons. That's why the word of God says he goes from faith to faith and from glory to glory because at the end of every journey of faith, God wants the glory. And I don't know about you, but every situation I find myself in, I've just settled on God and have no reason to be overwhelmed. I'm not saying it doesn't look overwhelming. I'm not saying it doesn't look daunting. And some things I can't even share with some people because if I told them, my faith may drop because of what they say in response. But I'm telling you this, when I come through something and I know it's God, I give God all the glory, all the praise. We magnify the Lord. Come on, because he deserves it. Now, if you're in this place tonight or you're online, I want to pray two prayers. If you don't know God as your personal Savior, you need to recognize that this life is like Monopoly. And at some point, that board is going to be closed up and you're going to have to make a decision to actually get your decision positioned by God. Or if you never make that decision, you're on the outside looking in. Then there may be someone who has been walking by faith but stepped away from God and they have to be reconciled back to God. 
Thirdly, there may be believers that have never left God, haven't walked away, but their faith needs to come up higher. Whether you fall into one, two, or three categories, I want you to know that tonight was for you. God has you in mind. Father, for those that are online, Father, that are under the sound of my voice right now or even in the sanctuary that don't know you, Father, I pray that they make that life-changing decision before you even tonight, Father, that they will begin to declare Jesus Christ as personal Savior and that he might become their Lord. If that's you, just repeat this after me. It says, I am a sinner and I am in need of prayer. I am in need of salvation. I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sin and that you arose for my justification. And even tonight, on this Friday night, I make a personal decision to be reconciled with you by calling you my Savior and my Lord. I forgive me for my sin, come into my heart, and transform me in the name of Jesus. And for those who may be in a backslidden state, I've experienced that in my own life, my own journey. Those that were disconnected, they walked away from God, and it wasn't even intentional, but they just moved further and further away. I believe there's many out there right now that are simply trying to fill the void of their mind and fill the void of their past year and fill the void of their pain and their loss, and they're trying to do that in earthly substance. Saints of God, you need to know it does not work. The only thing that can help you in this season is God. And so my prayer is, Father, you said in your word that you are married to the backslider. Lord, I ask that you visit those that are in a backslidden state, even tonight, Father, and even cause them to be restless until they make that life-changing decision to be reconciled back to your God. And finally, though, those of us who are walking through this journey of life, yes, we have made that decision, but sometimes this world may try to put weight on us and try to disrupt us. Father, even tonight, teach us through the wisdom that Jesus gave Jairus to release people out of our room and out of our home and out of our life where we will not be able to be kindred because we don't have like precious faith that Peter talks about. Allow us to align ourselves with men and women of God, sons and daughters of God, that desire to know you and fellowship with you and desire to see one another come together with great koinonia, communion and fellowship, that your incense and your, uh, my, your presence may be magnified in our dwelling place, Father. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you. Now cause the faith in each and every one of these people, Father, to begin to come alive and stir up that they may walk with such a conviction that is undeniable, that is unquenchable, that is oh no, my God, that is able to turn them around, Father, and move them on that journey to their destination in you, Father. And we praise you and thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you and praise you for this evening. I pray God speed to you online. Bless the households that are online. We bless the overseer of this house, Apostle Victor Nazario, Pastor Gwen Nazario, 
Elder Jose and Isabel Ross and those that operate in various ministries and capacities, Father. Bless those that have gathered out this evening. Bless them on their way back home. And Lord, we thank you that as we reconvene on this coming Sunday morning, we get to hear our very own brother Nate speak. We look forward to that. Let's pray that he has that bow tie anointing on him, Father, that he may come with that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You're blessed and highly faded. So be blessed and be encouraged in Jesus' name.